Shanika, and I'll be hosting today's podcast on the conflicts that we have with social workers. So we'll be talking about what conflicts we have experienced in the past with social workers. So hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. So how is everyone doing this week? Well, thank you. Good. I've just been stressing over uni. So much work to do, but I'm good overall. Tiffany? I just want to say really quickly, um, if you hear my son in the background, I do apologise. But it's just been a stressful week, really. Just juggling parenthood. So I'm going to do a quick check-in with everybody. If you were a colour today, what colour would you choose? I'm going to start with Will. If I was a colour, I would have to say orange because I'm actually feeling a bit enthusiastic about the future. That's good, that's good. So now I'm going to move on to Alice. I would choose the colour uh, sludgy brown because I'm in quite a lot of pain and I'm not feeling great, but I'm all right. Okay, sorry to hear that, Alice. Let's move on to Tiffany. If I was a colour, I would be tropical because I just want to be on the beach right now. And for me, if I was a colour, similar to you, Tiffany, I'm thinking about the beach, but a very rough beach. So it would be blue, blue colour, because <laughs> I'm feeling a bit uh, nervous today. All right, let's move on to the first question. So today we'll be talking about um, our relationship with social workers. So how many social workers have you had, Evie? Let's start with you. Off the top of my head, the ones I can remember about six, but I've probably had more than that when I was younger. That I can't remember. Yourself, Alice? I can't remember all of them, but I'm going to say like at least eight. That's conservative, at least eight. Okay. Um, Will? I think when it came to a lot of my social worker dealings in the past, I barely paid much attention. Pretty much like when they went, like, pretty much like pretty much just when they left gone <laughs> yeah yeah didn't even realize they'd gone <laughs> yeah <laughs> tumbleweed like <laughs> yeah so on record so far to date it's 28 plus quite a lot yeah myself i don't know how many but i think i've at least had around eight to ten um <laughs> so in terms of like conflict or any difficulties that you've had with social workers um, Evie, do you want do you want to say anything that you've experienced? I think the conflict that I've experienced, it's not always screaming and shouting. It's not always having a blazing row. It's the little things, the sly things, the petty things that the things that I know they're doing, but that I've got no proof, and that that I can be seen to be paranoid. But I know I, you can tell. You get a vibe off someone. Yeah. You can tell when someone's being straight with you and when they're not. And you can tell when they care and when they don't as well. And I think, yeah, it's, sometimes it's not always like a heated conflict. It can be really passive aggressive. It can be really disguised really well and hard to pinpoint what exactly it is that's like causing the conflict or what that conflict actually is because there's just an awful atmosphere whenever you see each other. There's just an underlying thing that's that's just not been spoken about yeah I can totally relate to that because for myself you'll pick up on things like when you have a really good social worker you'll know because mm-hmm. they'll be checking in on you they'll telling you oh you need let's go to the doctors or let's um you know how you're doing in your house or they'll just give you tips and go the extra mile yeah. but when you don't have one you like you literally have no information or mm. they won't show that care yeah. necessarily how about you will when they did come to do the meetings and then pretty much when they left i 
it's like people have just left my mind then. Mm-hmm. So I think like I think probably most of the time back then I just let my parents deal with them. I just get told that oh this person's coming to meet you, whether the social worker or not, I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably quite a good coping mechanism there, just letting it go as soon as they walk out the room. Don't you remember? Great. <laughs> How about you, Alice? How did you find it? Any conflict or anything? Oh yeah. My whole life was conflict back then. It ranged from just complacency to, you know, outright kind of nastiness and verbal abuse and stuff like that. Um, I would walk out of rooms after being in a meeting with my social worker absolutely, like, internally seething because they'll jab and jive. And like like uh, Evie said about the passive aggressiveness, you know, you get angry about it and they're just like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. So you're stuck. You can't let it out anywhere. If you do be straight with them and say, look, I don't like this, then it's all on their terms and you're not allowed to not like it. So the co- like the conflict was very ranging, but I found the, the, the worst, the most difficult part of it was the fact that there was no avenue to like, you know, whoever you spoke to about your concerns, you just got told, oh, don't be silly. They've got a really hard job to do. You know, you're making it more difficult for them and you're literally just living your life. And as a child, you have no control, even more as a person in care you have no control over your life whatsoever mm. so um yeah like it was the conflict I can't even describe it it was varied in degree and severity <laughs> but yeah there was a lot of conflict all right let's move on to Tiffany did you have a similar experience or uh, yeah I'd say I had quite a similar experience to Alice um and one thing that really did used to bug me is if I'd got a new social worker, they'd sit down, pretend they don't know nothing about us, and ask us why I was in foster care when they've read my file before they came to see us. And that used to cause quite a lot of conflict to the point where I just used to walk out the room or just not answer them because it was like, if they don't have the respect to be honest with me, why should I trust to talk to them if they're already lying to us? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it came down to trust, really. Um, and that's what a lot of the conflict was. What Tiff was just saying, I completely agree with that about the tr- the trust. I think I was also very similar. Once a social worker would leave and then I'd get another one, I would be extremely defensive. I wasn't going and meeting them saying, oh, hiya, I'm Evie. Oh, you're my new social worker. Brilliant. Like, I was like, hmm. Who are you? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I was not happy to them. I, went, I was I was telling them, you know, I know that it's not going to be long. Let's see how long you last time. Yeah. And yeah. That can and another thing and what Alice was just saying about the the you know the passive aggressiveness and everything, you know that the, what they're doing, but there's no you've got no physical proof. And also because we're a child and we're you know they're classed as the adult and also classed as the professional mm. you know that means that that they're they've got a higher authority than us you know they are automatically above us and it's never a them issue it's always an us issue like we yeah. could have eight social workers not get on with any of them and it's still be us you know what I mean yeah. and it's like and it, because it seemed to be, oh, yeah, but you're the common denominator. And it's like, yeah, but surely I'll be able to get on with at least one of them. Like, can you not yeah. see, like, it's the, there must be some sort of issue with your work. And it points it out for me perfectly, the fact that, like, for Will, and same with me with some of them, 
they came and they went and I didn't even blink an eyelid and that yeah yeah that they didn't actually spend the time to build a proper relationship a positive relationship with that young person they're just as invested as what we are and that is sort of all you don't want to speak to them so and it's just the feelings mutual we can tell that it's their job it's what they're getting paid for they've got to do what they've got to do and at the end of their shift they go home have their tea maybe have a little bit of bitch have a bit of a bitch around in a table and then that's it then they're back to their perfect happy life it can make you have a range of emotions I think like as you can tell I don't yeah the best feelings towards them but I think that's within reason yeah that's true that's true because you can feel when somebody cares or when they don't care like for me I know I had friends and they would tell me oh my social worker is doing this for me oh they've they've done that for me and I'm like my social worker is not doing that yeah so you do feel sometimes there's favorites (laughs) you know some people get stuff and some people don't some organizations like Quorum Voice will help so we had issues with housing so we got moved to a horrible house and you know we the social worker didn't want to move us so we had to go to current voice to get moved um and I was too scared because I thought oh you know they are in power I didn't want to rock the boat my yeah. friend got moved and I stayed <laughs> but oh. that was a that was a thing eventually I did get moved but yeah in terms of like if you had to go back and if you had to create like an ideal social worker, what would you what would that look like for you? I'll start off with Evie. It is a difficult one, but I think the f- the first thing for me, the main two is consistency and honesty. I don't want someone that's going to tell me lies. I want someone that's going to be honest with me. And I understand that there's ways of saying things, but at the end of the day, lots of people got access to internet now. So if you do mm-hmm. tell a lie, it can get found out. Yeah. And once you've been found out that you have lied, that trust is broken. And it's so important to build a relationship that has got trust with a young person, a social worker that, you know, we know that that's their job. But at the end of the day, if they're going to do it properly, at least they're going to do everything that they're supposed to be doing, fulfil their role properly and not lie to you. Because at the end of the day, that, they shouldn't be lying. Mm-hmm. That's true. What about you, Alice? Oh, God, where do I start? Um, so that, like the first thing that I would like to see is not even in the relationship, it's the, it's the perspective needs to change first so I find that when like Evie was saying earlier they're the professional they're the adult they they walk into the room like that right all of my social workers seem to feel like I should be grateful for what they were doing and they should be thanked and almost like their feet kissed for what they were doing Mm. but to be honest it was the bare minimum and that it's just their attitude they came in elevated they need to come down to not down as in like negatively down but we're not adults yet and every adult like leading up to being put in care has let us down that's why we're there we have no trust in adults we've been let down we have trauma like they need to understand that any defensiveness or behavioral issue isn't personal it's literally because we we have to survive and if you don't you know attack first you you know you could end up not surviving so that would be like the first thing that I would need like to change and that would be an ideal social worker 
like to come in and just treat me as an equal not treat me as a case number also don't mention the fact that you've got loads of other case like files on your desk and blah 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 because it literally reduces me to a, a file of papers which I'm not and I wasn't there's so much I could go on forever I think it is literally perspective if the social worker walked in because it's we're children it's not our job to make a situation more more easy uh for a social worker like it, we are young we're naive we're broken at some points they need to walk in and understand that and they need to like Edie was saying build that trust build the relationship that like we deserve and give us that one like cloud of a silver lining that oh maybe you know not all adults that are meant to care for me are like how I've experienced so far and I think if they did that then you know the next social worker we get maybe we're not so defensive because we've just had a really good one blah 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 you know um Will how about you (laughs) I'd say I actually want them to watch to actually be reliable because I remember the amount of times in the past when I get a call saying like oh I'm gonna come down to meet you on Tuesday and then Tuesday comes, I've cancelled or a bunch of things or told my friends that I can't meet them there today. Then they don't show up. And then I just get a phone call a couple of days later with them just saying, oh, sorry, I couldn't make it the other day. This just came up. One, you couldn't have told me on the day that you're not going to be able to make it. And I'm just sat in the front room for an hour <laughs> waiting. Yeah, that's that's good. That's, that's a good one. Uh, Tiffany, how about you? I think a social worker that gives you options and lets you choose what you want to do or what you want to take with you, especially when you're going to care. I know a lot of people that have had their pets and stuff have been taken away from their pets and not given the option whether they want to take them with them and stuff. And it's like, that's an awful thing. You're taking them away from the parents, but now you're also taking them away from their pets as well. We as children should have the opportunity to take what we want with us as a comfort for when we go into foster care and so that I think a social worker should really understand the emotional well-being of a child and when they're being placed into foster care and how they're going to deal with it like a pet can be a coping mechanism for someone yeah 100% like a personal belonging that's really close to you that might help you through and I think sometimes well the majority of the time social workers don't take into account that and they just think well they're gonna get a, they're gonna get over it at some point and it's like no you shouldn't do that um so that's something I would like and again what Evie was saying honesty and trust um and also sitting down and actually asking how you feel rather than coming in rambling about how stressful their day's been mm-hmm. and then you feel like you can't talk about what you wanted to talk about because you're going to be a burden to them. You're going to make them feel worse or more stressed than they did before they came in. Um, So, yeah, that's that's what makes an ideal social worker for me, someone that's honest, trustworthy, and gives you the option and actually takes into account what you want and how you feel. Evie, did you want to say something? Yeah, sorry. I've just got another thing that I've just thought about. When it when Alice were talking and when Tiff, and when we were talking all again, it just makes things come back into your brain. Something popped up in my brain. It were I know that Barnsley specifically has a local care offer, and within it it says about would it be good enough for your child? And the thing is, is I I think a lot of things have said, but not actually done in practice. And I mean, I think going into care in itself is such a massive, massive transition when like nine times out of 10, 
we've already got trauma or some sort of issues baggage that we're dealing with that we're bringing with us and then we've got to deal with this whole new experience on top of it and like what Alice was saying about them or we're both saying about them being up here and way down here they should bring us up and they should be telling us like look what you can achieve just but it doesn't mean nothing like what's happened like if anything this can push you forward and you can use things to your advantage and da, 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 da. because if it were their child they wouldn't be saying oh yeah it's dreadful that so yeah don't know how are you going to get over that they'd be pushing <laughs> that child on and they'd be saying you know you will succeed you will be successful you are a good person you are beautiful you are loved you know what I mean and young people that are in care don't get that reassurance no. and we should and I'm not saying that anyone should get it more, but if there is anyone that should get it more, it's the young people that don't have it, that are not receiving it at that time from their own family. If they're not getting that support, that is what social services are for. Mm -hmm. And so right about like bringing up other caseloads and things like that. And because at the end of the day, like you are there to serve us at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's not be it's not being funny, it's facts. And yeah, you know, you should be you should be making sure that we are the happiest that we can be and that we're getting all of his needs met instead of saying about how busy you are. So then when we've got a need that we might want to talk about, we're a bit reluctant to talk about it because we don't want to burden you too much with too much work. We don't want to become a nuisance, which can I know that I personally have felt like if I've pursued social services and tried to get in contact a number of times around something, I know that I've been categorised as a nuisance and it's it came across blatantly, you know what I mean? And, yeah, I think there's there's massive things that need to be changed. But overall, like, I think we're all saying them, they need to see it from our side. I definitely agree. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, one thing as well is, one, you don't want to burden them, but the other thing is, you're so scared to have your hopes just raised a tiny little bit that someone may actually do something nice for you and maybe, like, potentially save your entire life. And then to have that all crash down when they just don't care and they're like, yeah, 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 false promises, don't worry, we'll sort that out. And then you just don't hear from them or you know, it doesn't happen and they fob you off and you know like it'll be a legal entitlement, but they're like, no, you can't have that because of this technicality. And you're like, hold on a minute, that's not a technicality. And then um, there was another part as well that I was going to say, um, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, no, that was the thing, right? So we know that, like, money is scarce, right? And there's always fights over money all the time. When you're growing up, they try not to give you a care leavers allowance, you're setting up home allowance, whatever. But, like, the main thing that's actually free but invaluable to us is what Evie was just saying, that believe in, like, you know, the belief in you, uh, the care for your well-being, that's all free. Plus, they actually get paid for it. So, yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I think that if, you know, an ideal social worker, it's not just the money for us. We're so dependent on the money because everything else is not there. Like, we actually have to buy stuff to live with. Like, we have, we need a couch, we need a bed. Like, we have to have that. Like, but the stuff that we, like, need for our own emotional growth, our well-being in, like, inside, not practically, 
is literally the belief and I know the whole love word do you use it or not when you're a social worker can you actually say that you love a child I know it's a bit of a um like dodgy uh platform or like issue but you don't have to say those words for a child to know that they are loved and you know maybe that word has become you know inappropriate these days but I don't think it is if it's purely like intent like with the pure intentions and you know that's what we need use google and go to corum voice c-o-r-a-m voice (laughs) that's what i'd tell my younger younger self and be happy good 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 um will try to find out about other groups a bit earlier like greater manchester youth network and princess trust um yourself alice Google what your rights and entitlements are. Make sure you're also looking in your area because there are laws that govern the whole of the UK and then there are local authority policies, which aren't necessarily laws, so you can fight them. However, they do have different rules. Um, Also, yeah, so become the charity, uh, Quorum Voice, all of those, like, search for as many charities as you can. There's also NIAS, which um, are the National Youth Advocacy Service. Also, don't allow the mistreatment. Don't explode and fight it in that way. There are ways to fight it. So, like, officially make the complaint. You know, don't just internalise it and struggle on because you're worth more than that. You don't have to accept it. Um, So, yeah, like find a way of channeling that frustration and anger into making it better uh, i know there's always the worry what if the next social work is worse if i request a new one uh, i had that one a few times as well but at least like you're standing up for yourself don't ever 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 let anyone walk all over you but make sure that you're very constructive in the way that you tackle that don't just lose your temper because that is something that i definitely did good 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 and you tiffany um, mine's quite a short and sweet one, but um, find your backbone, stand up for yourself, and always love yourself no matter what. True, true. I agree Thank- with that. Always love yourself. Just be happy. Yeah. Being happy yeah. is like a, a byproduct of loving yourself. Like, yeah. if you love yourself, you will be happy. That is literally like the formula. You manifest it enough, then it's going to come true. Yeah. yeah. Th- thank you so much for everyone for what you've shared. I agree with all of what you've said, and I feel I would say to my younger self, "Have a backbone. Don't be scared." Because I was really scared. I was scared of, you know, because you have rights as a as a um, child in care. Yeah. And there's so many organisations out there to help you. So thank you all. Thank you. <laughs> listening to let's talk conflict we'd love to hear from you so if you'd like to get in touch you can reach us on let's talk conflict at leapcc.org.uk or find us on twitter and instagram at leap underscore cc this podcast has been produced in partnership with leap confronting conflict and edited by helena webb let's talk conflict has been supported by the esme fairburn foundation the Curtin Magda Stern Foundation, the Treebeard Trust and the Rain Foundation. Next week, we are joined by two special guests, Tony and Amanda. We discuss what needs to change in the care system and our priorities for the care review.